the most listened to commercial free and truth radio program in the world. My name is Renee and the title of our show is What in the Cell is Going On? We're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, which can be accessed live on prn.live or you can call 641 641- 793-7091. I am so excited today because once again, as our guest, we have Stephen and Phyllis Fisher, who are one of the original organic farmers since the 70s, I believe, uh, couple. And I'm just so excited to share um, solutions to the problems we're already, always exposing on our radio show. Um, so thank you so much, uh, both Phyllis and Stephen, for being on with us today. Hi, Renee. Hi, Renee. Hello there. Hello. We haven't had you on in a while, and I understand we also uh, didn't have your correct website on the previous show, so we'll make sure we have it correct this time, because now I understand that you are showing people how to do it themselves. And in today's world especially, it's so important that we grow our own foods, because even our organic foods at the health food store have been compromised. So we just so are appreciative of you and are so excited to hear your wisdom. And uh, you can just take the stage because I know you have so much to say. So go right ahead. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate our relationship. I uh, met Renee at a dentist's office in Sarasota. Uh, my wife and her appointments with the dentist. So we had a chance uh in the waiting room to get to meet each other. And so we found each other questioning things and immediately connected. So she had her passion and I had my passion and she was very curious about uh, what we did horticulturally and we've developed a a really nice relationship. And so uh, I really appreciate her and uh, for her sharing uh, and helping us dispense this information to other people. It's been our, uh, I guess, our work uh, since the 70s to get correct information to people that want to do things uh, in horticulture without uh, poisoning themselves and other people in the environment. And Phyllis, uh, uh, my spouse of 50 years, has been very helpful in getting information. She is the scout in the family and goes out and researches things and we put them into practice. So we have been uh, in the horticulture field for a long time. We started uh, with a plant nursery in Homestead, Florida. Uh, After we had children, we uh, thought that it would be beneficial to them and to ourselves to move to a more rural area where we could uh, raise them without all the influence and hecticness of the big city. And so we moved to the panhandle of uh, North Florida and have been growing produce and helping people with correct information how to grow things without uh, poison, without petroleum-based fertilizers. and herbicides, clean food, clean food that is nutritious, that is vitamin and mineral rich. A lot of things that are grown on uh, land that is depleted with vitamins and minerals cannot have the vitamins and minerals in the produce, even though it might be grown uh, without uh, chemicals is still depleted in vitamins and minerals. So Phyllis and I have spent a lot of time in researching how do we get minerals back into the earth. The earth is what we make healthy so that we can have a healthy plant. Uh, Just like in in the human body, the, uh, the intestines, the gut floor, provides health for the entire body. So we're feeding the soil with uh, beneficial bacteria, microorganisms, and minerals. We have been uh, fortunate to meet uh, and be in uh, a contact with people that wanted to share correct information with us. And uh, 
We have a friend that's a seaweed farmer in Maine, and we get seaweed from him that we put, uh, when we put a tree or a plant in, we'll use some of the seaweed to provide certain minerals that are not in the soil in North Florida. It's been uh, very successful. We've also used uh, rock powders that they've researched in Europe for many years, and we use rock dust. Uh, and that provides many trace minerals, and uh, it's been very beneficial. We have healthy soil. We have healthy plants. We rarely have fungus. We rarely have disease. Uh, many of our trees have lasted many, many years. We had... Uh, Apples, peaches, plums, uh, every tree has a life expectancy. And the trees that we have planted have lived to a ripe old age. We're still uh, testing certain uh, trees and plants that will do good in our area. So we're trying. Uh, we've been very successful with olives. Olives have been a... a so we've, uh, we actually brined some of our olives last year for the first time, and they were really good. Phyllis, uh, my wife, uses the, uh, the leaves, makes a tincture that's antiviral, antifungal. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful evergreen tree, and we're encouraging people in our landscape business to include those in their landscape. Uh, We've, yeah, this, we just, this has never uh, been more important than it is today, Stephen. So I'm just so, so thankful to you and, and providing, um, providing a way for people to access clean food. And I'm so excited that you're going to share with our audience today on how they can do it themselves. Because I understand that now you're more into showing people, depending on the size that they have to grow. Uh, I think Phyllis and I were even talking about sprouting we're going to cover today that I can do here in my RV. <laughs> so I am just so excited to hear your wisdom. <laughs> Well, good. You know, uh, we have an office uh, in the city, and we don't have a lot of acres, but off of a couple citrus trees that we're growing here, I'd say that uh, we probably had maybe three, four hundred satsumas off of one tree. Wow. It's been very successful. The satsumas are one of the most cold, hardy citrus uh and we get, we get freezing temperatures here. Uh, mature trees can take the freeze. Uh, you might have to protect them when they're younger. Every morning we have uh, juice. We've, we've, we started juice about, mm, about two weeks ago. And the, the uh, satsumas will stay on the tree right through Christmas. So we can continue to juice them uh, for that period of time. We also have some Myers lemons, which is a, really a cross between a lemon and a sweet orange. It's really big, uh, juicy. Uh, if you can't use them all at one time, you could freeze them and use them later. Uh, we've also tried some other evergreen uh, shrubs. Actually, uh, green tea is in the camellia family. And it, we've had a lot of success with that. Uh, that could be grown in somebody's yard. It's beautiful. It's blooming right now. has little white and cream and yellow uh, flowers. It is a great plant for uh, pollinating, pollinators. Uh, at this time of the year, when it's getting really cold, there's very few things blooming. But that is one that's attracting a lot of pollinators. I see a lot of... Uh, little honeybees and other insects on there. Uh, I think it's so very important to, to have pollinators. We have uh, eliminated most of the, uh, the lawn in places and replaced it with uh, edible shrubs, trees, and uh, vegetables. Also, right now we have beautiful persimmon trees 
the uh, the coloration is as nice as a Japanese maple on some varieties. You get some orange and yellow, and it has a, a really beautiful uh, fruit. There's many different varieties, different shapes. Uh, some are astringent, some are non-astringent. Uh, I believe that you could grow those pretty far north. Uh, they they also take freezing temperatures, and it's not a really big tree, so a homeowner could uh, have one or two of those in their yard. So we're encouraging more homeowners to dispense with lawn if they don't need a playground for their children uh, and to start stop dispensing money to people that come and spray poison on the lawn. It's, it's an industry that is very ignorant. They, they use chemical fertilizers and fungicides, it kills the microorganisms, and so they have weak uh, grass, weak lawn, and so as a result, it's real susceptible to diseases, like if somebody was taking steroids, they might look good, but they're not in good health. So it's the same thing with the lawn. They, they put all these chemicals that deteriorate the, the soil, kill things, and then they pump it back up with uh, commercial fertilizer, uh, ammonia nitrate, which will green up things real fast. And so then they have to call the lawn people to come and mow again. So it's this constant thing of chemicals, and it's they're they're asking people to put uh, poison on their uh, lawn. I went to do a. Uh, a consultation with a family. In the front lawn, these uh, maintenance people have to leave a little uh, sign that says, this lawn was sprayed, do not walk on it for two or four days. Might have to have a little skull and crossbone. Well, the dog was out there, dog can't read. The three-year-old was out there, can't read, and so, even if they're not ingesting it, they're walking on it. They walk back into the house. The dog is jumping up on the on the uh, couch. You take the baby. You sit on the couch. You know, why are we having so much trouble with uh, young people's brains? Why are, are people's immune systems compromised? There's so many toxic substances out there, we can at least control the ones or should control the ones that are in and around our home. We have to look at the products that we're using uh, to clean. We're, we have to look at the products that uh, we use to maintain our uh, landscape. We have to look at the products that we use to, main, to eat. We have to question all those things. Uh, of course. Well, and a good example of that, uh, Renee, is, uh, for instance, people use very harsh chemicals on weeds uh, all the time. And we know from the pu public information now that there are all kinds of things happening to people in litigation and or in their health issues. But uh, we use white vinegar. I mean, white vinegar will kill a weed within 24 hours if you put it out. So why are they using a chainsaw to cut butter? I mean, it doesn't make any sense when you are buying a chemical and you're paying money for something that is unneeded. And yet then, not only do they buy it and pay for it, but then what about the side effects, like Stephen is talking about? What about the residue? What about our water? What about our grandchildren and the, and the needs that they have? What about the seventh generation? What, what's happening, the decisions that we're making today is going to have a direct effect on people that will live after us. And do we take that into consideration? So That's right. And I actually one. teach, Phyllis and Stephen, I teach people that we have to control what we can control as far as toxicities to ourselves because there's so much we're not able to control, like the air we breathe mm -hmm. with the chemtrails. So there's right. so much we can't control. So the only way we can lessen the toxic load of ourselves is to 
you know, control like you guys are teaching. It's just a wonderful thing. Mm. There's so many things that a person can do on a daily basis that are not difficult to do whatsoever and certainly not expensive. And each and every one of those things would be things that any individual can get started with. So, for instance, going and getting what they call cleaning vinegar, which is in every grocery store, um, is an easy thing to get to have to deal with weeds. And if you put it in just a a spray bottle uh, and or just pour it onto a weed uh, on a hot day here in Florida, the weed is dead within 24 hours. It is non-selective, so you you have to be careful. You can't just pour it everywhere. <laughs> you know, if you- well, the, the whole idea of having a lawn that is a monoculture is a ridiculous idea, too. Uh, the U.S. Department of Agriculture has written up a bulletin of weeds. I, I have a uh, book that has uh, a whole list of weeds that are edible. And they're very similar. So a lot of the things that when they say weed, people think, oh, this is really bad. This is really bad. But dandelion, are dandelions, they're selling them in the store. I first, in, when I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I saw these women up in the park uh, one day with shopping bags picking things out of the ground. And I asked my mother, I said, what, what are these ladies doing? She goes, they're picking dandelions. Their culture likes the, the, uh, the bitter greens. And so they went to the park and they picked dandelions. They were for free. So now we're paying people to kill dandelions. And I was at uh, Whole Foods the other day. And they had dandelions for sale. I went to this other house, dandelions for sale. Publix has dandelions for sale. How come the U.S. Department of Agriculture said it's a noxious weed? The, so the issue with that now is getting the correct information. So do we have the correct information from uh, the, the powers to be, and why aren't we questioning it, as Stephen is saying? If, if dandelion is actually edible, <laughs> then why do we immediately go to we should kill it with a harmful chemical, buy the chemical, to create havoc with our on, in our property and lawn. So I think we've made the, the 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 correct statement by saying let's just question these things. There's so many things, and here in Florida we have really four seasons of weeds. We have four seasons, and each season a new kind of weed comes up because the the seed sprouts at different times depending on where the sun is and how warm it is and etc. So it's time to start looking at foraging even in our yards. If we have a clean yard, then you can actually go out and look in your yard and see. I mean, there's about uh, at least about eight different things that that on our farm will grow in the yard that you can eat. I mean, you can put it in a salad or you could save the root, their blood, their blood purifiers like dandelion root, etc. I mean, it, well, goodness gracious, our father gave us these things. Why aren't we paying attention to the things that will grow right there in front of us? And we can do that by just starting to wake up to the to the fact that they these things are around. And we can, yes, we can, everybody can do this. That idea when I hear the uh, people say uh, there's a food desert, what kind of, a food desert in California, a food desert in Florida. You could grow things in the food desert. Why are we not growing things? Why? Why would we submit to say that? succumb to a food desert. Well, our, our grandparents and great-grandparents, when they came here from other countries or if they were born here, if they didn't have food, many of them would just grow it. If they didn't have the resources financially, they would grow things. A lot of people had gardens in their backyard. Even here in Tallahassee, you see remnants of uh, small little farms or people that planted a pecan tree in the back, a persimmon, a citrus. Phil's grew up in Miami, and almost everybody either had a avocado tree, a mango tree, bananas, papayas. 
Yeah. Well, and now they say there's a food desert in some of those neighborhoods in Miami. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't. So how to get started. So for the listeners out there that want to get started, one of the easiest things to do is just know that it, it's not as hard as you think it is. And even if you live in an apartment or even if you live in a place where you don't have land that you can plant things like a, a tree and or, you know, the row crops or something like that, you can get started as easy as uh, getting some sprouted sprouting seeds and a mason jar and good pure water. That's all you need. So if you go to um, most health food stores, they have sprouting seeds. This is very easy also to get online. You buy sprouting seeds. A lot of times um, there'll be alfalfa, um, and alfalfa is a little, little teeny little brown seed, and that'll make a really pretty little delicate sprout. Um, but sometimes you'll also see uh, what they'll have a group of things. So there might be radish in there or fenugreek or a variety of different uh, seeds that will sprout easily, broccoli, etc. So it looks almost like a little garden you're growing in a jar. It's so beautiful. And all you need to do is take about a tablespoon to a, a quart-sized jar and soak them in water because all seeds are are uh, pre-prepared with a protective uh, coating that helps them to um, save their, their radiant energy for a long period of time. So you have to soak them. That softens their hull, and then the sprout can start to be activated. You don't leave them soaking, however. So after about um, between 6 and 12 hours, depending on um, your particular circumstances, you just rinse them off, and then you leave them in the jar with a with a if you can find like a, an old nylon stocking or um, some screening and, and a rubber band to put at one end. They do sell these um, screens that you could purchase very easily, or you can put holes in a jar um, by making your own holes in a jar. But um, basically you want to have air circulation, and then you want to rinse them on a, every 24 hours. In about between, I'd say, three days, you'll have sprouts. And uh, those sprouts need to be continually rinsed for another 24 to 48 hours, and then you can start eating them. So you'll, once you see it, see the little green parts um, turning to a little leaf at the very top of the sprout, then just lay them out in a bowl, and you can start eating them. Well, how do you eat them? It's easy. You can eat them raw just as they are. Um, you could put them in a smoothie if you, if you make smoothies for yourself. If you want to put them in hot food like soup or something like that, use them as a garnish. Just put them on at the end. So you've made your soup, everything's ready, and just throw them in at the end so they're still wonderfully fresh and ready to um, use. They're, they haven't actually been cooked. You're just warming them up and you're eating them. And anybody can do that. I mean, it's actually a lot of fun to do that. You can do that with your children. You can, As long as you have... Uh, um, windowsill with the sun coming in, you you can have sprouts in three days, and then about every three days, start another tablespoon. If that a, a tablespoon's good for one person, if you put two tablespoons in a, a quart-sized mason, it'll make twice as much, and then you'll have to add mason jars based on your needs. Um, so you're rotating them. You'll always have sprouts all week. You'll have sprouts sprouts to eat. It's so, so simple. And also, you become a connoisseur because every sprout tastes different. Some are tangy, like the radish sprouts have this little zippiness to them. It's so that's so great. Um, the alfalfa sprouts are real delicate, and they're almost like, you know, you have a, a salad in your mouth or something because they're so, they're so fine, etc. The fenugreek has a taste. All these, these sprouts have their own wonderful givingness that they give to us because what what it is it's it's a plant that would turn in the sprout would turn into a plant eventually but you're eating it as a sprout now the next step renee would be to take the seeds and put them in a little bit of soil so if you had a little pot um you only need about three inches of soil um like a cake pan 
What? Well, yeah, cause, but it has to have it, you have you have to have it so that it can be drained. Yeah, something so, like that. An old cake pan that you punch some holes in. I could. You can use anything, really. I mean, it it, it doesn't require a great deal of of um, special equipment or anything like that. You could even use a cardboard box, but it just won't last very long. So, so what? And they do have all kinds of equipment that you could buy for for um, to do these things. But basically, what you're doing is you um, get some good organic compost and, and soil, and then you put the same seed that we're talking about right into the soil. So once they're sprouted, you put them in the soil. Well, guess what happens? They'll grow a little plant. That's what we call a microgreen. So you could come when it gets about three inches or so. It'll be about maybe between five and ten times bigger than the sprout in the jar, you come with a little pair of scissors and you just cut it. And then you eat it in your salad or the same ways we just talked about earlier. So uh, we have turned a, uh, a desert into an oasis. Yes, right in your in your kitchen or on your, you know, your uh, sunny window. If you have a balcony, you can do it there. You can do this in Michigan. You can do this anywhere because most people have heated homes. And so, of course, the windowsill will be relatively warm because it's the, it's the sun coming in. All plants need the sun. They need fresh, pure water. And they need a medium where this to grow. So in the case of a sprout, the medium is pure water. In the case for a microgreen, it would be the uh, rich organic soil. And the, and the organic soil you use over and over and over. You know, why aren't we making compost? I mean, everything that we eat should be going into, back into the compost. The compost that we make turns, and, and about how many months does it take to go from well, it depends because we're here in Florida. It's it's warm all the time, so the compost really needs uh, that warmth. But it, uh, I'd say, in two months we take it from kitchen scraps and leaves and grass clippings and stuff like that to usable soil, where you cannot recognize anything that was put in there. Maybe you see a couple little uh, eggshells, uh, but we we have compost in three months, and so. We usually have, for us, because somehow we have a lot of organic matter that we like to recycle, uh, we usually have three or four compost piles going at one time. And we usually put it in uh, some kind of closed container so it's easier to work with. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's very easy. They'll talk about all kinds of different formulas, but if, if you're using mostly your, your kitchen waste, and a little bit of leaf litter from the yard and a little bit of grass, that uh, you'll have a, su a success. We're also going to take some questions, I think, next week, if people have specific questions. About oh, Renee will tell them about oh, okay. the end. So the thing about the soil, which is, um, you know, kind of one of those things where you get soil, I would suggest look for a, a farmer's market. Uh, look for somebody that in your area that has a farmer's market. Here in Florida, we have a farmer's market all year. And uh, oftentimes, if you have an organic grower, you know, you will have somebody that already has compost. They might be selling it or they may have it that you could purchase some just to get your – I mean, you all you need is a, uh, a five-gallon bucket to make enough for a garden of microgreens. You know, it's not like a, a, a large amount. And um, if you have questions, you can always ask us uh, when we're going to do a question and answers on, on Monday. But uh, I think it's Monday, wasn't it? Sunday. Renee? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday, our podcast. Yes, you can call us if you go to our website. But I'm, it's really not that difficult. And then, you you know, what happens is when you have, get a little success, then you start to build a relationship with nature. This is what's important that we understand that we are supported. It's not like we're just going out there on our own and then we're all by ourselves. We really have an incredible network of support. When when our Father gave us this creation, there's, an, there's everything that we need. We just have to plug in to the right station so that we get the right information. And when we start doing it, we can start small and then build on our successes little by little and then share those. 
And then before you know it, my goodness, you know, you have something that is happening right there in your home with your family. If you have a little bit bigger space, you could start with pottery. You can get a clay pot and or a pot that would look nice in your particular yard. Um, we like to use stoneware or clay pots, um, but you could probably get a lot of different kinds of containers that could be used as long as they're non-toxic. And um, you can start a larger plant in these clay pots. So, for instance, if you were looking at the next step, you might say, okay, what would grow in my area? We have to look at what, like, for instance, now we're not growing tomatoes, although they're growing them for way further south, like we're talking about 10 hours south of us. But here we're not growing because we will get probably a dozen frost dates between now and, and February. So unless I, were, unless I was in a greenhouse, then I would have to either protect everything all the time or have some kind of heat. But what can we grow? We, got, we can grow things that love the cold, like broccoli and collards and mustard and things like that. I mean, you could grow the most beautiful greens, uh, kale. All, there's three or four different kales you can grow, you know, and you'll have plenty, plenty of greens as a result. And what, what a person uh, in a small family, they could grow three plants and they could be harvesting the bottom leaves a little at a time. So you could go from looking at growing sprouts and microgreens to growing some greens, uh, growing something that you like to eat, uh, a lettuce per perhaps, or something that would do good at this time of year. Well, we like to, uh, right outside our kitchen, we like to have some herbs planted. And we usually like to put those in big uh, clay pots so that there's a lot of room for soil so that they don't dry out too fast. Uh, so we like to have parsley. We use it to cook with and garnish with. It's, it's a, a very nutritious green. Uh, arugula is a fast one that will, will grow real fast. And like Phil has said, in the wintertime, in many areas before you get hard, hard freezes, you could grow anything in the brassica family, uh, broccoli, uh, collards, cat, cabbages. We just had, uh, for Thanksgiving, we had beautiful uh, Chinese cabbage, bok choy. Mm -hmm. No, we usually have that, but it's been warm here. And so they were actually really big and we had to start harvesting some. So we had some beautiful uh, bok choy for Thanksgiving. Uh, we're very blessed most places in this country. I have not uh, been in any place where I have seen where you can't grow something to eat. And it is our passion to inspire people to grow something so that they plug into the freedom that we have in this country, that they empower themselves with correct information to maintain their health and the health of their children and future generations and the, the, health, the, the health of the planet. We are planting a lot of trees. They are air scrubbers. They're clean air machines. We need more people to plant. Yes. We know what the problem is. Let's start focusing on the yes. solution. Yes. Let's grow more food in a healthful way. Let's grow more trees uh, so that we can clean the air. Let's focus on the solutions. We have enough people telling us about the problems. Let's start talking about the, the solutions to these things. We are smart. We're industrious. Uh, our children, this is magic. The first time that I saw somebody plant something and you can actually grow it in the garden and eat it, it's magic to plant. You know, my children, we have pecan trees, and so we'd go out and pick the pecans up off the ground. Well, one day they brought in a pecan that had a little sprout coming out of it. That was the beginning. So that pecan could grow into, we have a pecan tree that's way over 100 years old that's still producing hundreds of pounds of nuts. Is that not magic? 
That's unbelievable. And I'm so excited. I really needed to get my home up to you because I have been uh, very divinely led to collect seeds. I was telling your wife a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm sitting here looking at them now. I don't even know if I'm doing it right. But I mean, I have not only grapefruit and lemon seeds and a whole bag of avocado seeds and uh, Concord grape seeds and red pepper seeds and um, great everything. I mean, I've got a lot of seeds that I'm collecting. And I'm, I, I let them dry. My, my sister Dani had told me that you have to dry them out. So I pick them. I spend usually about 15 minutes just with one lemon, dissecting, you know, taking out all the, le- the seeds I can find. And then I let them dry. And then I put them in a plastic bag. But I, they could all be wa- they could be wasted for all I know. So I really need you to see what I have well, so you I can think, help me. There's some I, I don't even know what they are. Yeah. So we just got to grow it and see what comes up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think what you were attracted to was the life force in the sea. Yes. My, my, my grandmother that came from uh, Russia, on her windowsill, she'd have all those seeds, too. Peach seeds. She'd have peach seeds. Yeah. She'd have all <laughs> they kinds never of seeds, cherry seeds, mm-hmm. things like that up there. And I think, you know, thinking back now that you were mentioning how excited, she was excited about the life within the food. She was celebrating. Look at this. Yeah, yeah. What's wow. important about that too is that for us to start realizing that 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 connection that we're having with that life does us such good, and it exponentially grows so that so that we all could share in God's abundance. I mean, it's so, so important that we realize when we're doing something good that it doesn't just affect us. It affects everyone and in ways that are profoundly helpful. When we choose to uh, eat clean food and support clean food, when we choose to grow clean food, when we choose to, to drink pure, clean water, we're not just helping ourselves. We're helping all of humanity, and it's so, so important that we realize that, that we're a part of something so important and so, so, so big and so, so part of who we really are as free uh, human beings. Mm. That's huge. And, you know, even at the stores, I mean, I've, I've actually, I stopped buying Driscoll's berries, raspberries and blackberries because I, c- I could taste the bug spray. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very sensitive to it because of, you know, doing my 21 day cleanse as often as I do. I can taste it and I stopped buying them. And then also they're, they're claiming organic seedless watermelons. I mean, if it doesn't have the seed, how could it be even considered organic? That makes no sense to me because you can't reproduce it. <laughs> yeah, well, there is a hybrid. We talked a little bit about that earlier. But yeah, that's a whole other subject. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stay away from the seedless stuff just because I want our creator's yeah, seeds to be able to yeah. continue. And I just feel that's right. man's manipulation to stop you know, his food and put everybody on the cricket farms they're, they're producing all over the U.S. They're, they're, they're literally, um, you know, yeah. insect farms. Their agenda is to eventually get everybody on insects, which are not only no nutrition, but they're unclean scripturally. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's just it's so important yeah. that, that we get your wisdom out here. Yes, yes. Well, and what we're all doing is we're all really birthing a new life. You know, I mean, we all know what it feels like to be a mother birthing, but we're all birthing a new life. I mean, this is a a chance for us to awaken into something better than what we've done already. And in many ways, what we've seen happening uh, up until now, there's so many things that just aren't working. And if it's not working, why do we want to continue that? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to keep continuing it and or think that it's going to change as a result of continuing it. That is irrational. So what we have to really get comfortable with is understanding how to birth, how to contribute to this this process of uh, of awakening to something that would that would be beneficial to all of us. And 
Well, uh, Steve and I have been doing this for many, many decades now. And as a result, I mean, when you're around something long enough, you start seeing things in a completely different way. So people have to give themselves a chance to see things differently so that they can begin the process. It is such grace to be able to go out and look under a 100-year-old pecan tree and sit under it and it survived the hurricane three years ago, which is amazing in itself. And then to sit under it and feel the gratefulness of something that old and that is showering us with uh, pecans. And beautiful, beautiful. I mean, it's the whole process of how it rejuvenates itself each year and how it makes the nut. And it takes all year to do that. And then it takes its gifts and just drops them down on the ground. And you have to go out and pick them up. If you don't pick them up, it doesn't care. It'll just turn it back into the, into the earth again. Well, we, we have a lot of uh, firsthand information about health and nutrition because we, we made a move from uh, South Florida to North Florida to uh, have a, a lifestyle that was more in line with uh, how nature intended. So our children have uh, grown up, and they are adults now, uh, eating nutritious food. Most of the fruit and vegetables that we've eaten and that they were raised on came from our farm. Or if they didn't, we knew the people's uh, the people that were growing them and the places that they came from. And our children were never sick. We never had to take them. Well, they, they broke an arm uh, and they needed a few stitches and uh, things like that, but they were not sickly. They, they lived like nature intended healthy children. And Phyllis has been sharing that information as a childbirth educator for a couple decades now, too, which I think is so important. And maybe she could discuss that in another uh, uh, broadcast. Another show. We've already discussed it. I mean, I, I had my last one I told her at home and on my own. And, you know, Father's really made it clear that our bodies are designed to have babies just like our breasts are designed to feed them. That's the vaccine mm -hmm. from our creator. So we definitely want to have another show, maybe even next week or the week after, um, and just pick your brain, Phyllis, on the power of home birthing. Uh, it's so important today. And, of course, that starts with, with conception. I mean, we, we have to understand that we have to be healthy to have a healthy child, to have, you know, to have healthy pregnancy, to have healthy birth, you know, those kinds of things. How do we define health today, and why do we take, take other people's word for it, you know, things like that? Why aren't we... Um, going to the father and asking for the correct information and then following that intuition rather than going along with what a group of people tell you it is when it's, we just have to look at the statistics. If the United States is 21 in the world with uh, infant and uh, mother mortality, then we're down there with third world countries. So why is that happening? And right. it's, miscarriages it's, are higher than ever right now, especially since this COVID mm -hmm. hoax. But even prior to that, um, I had a family member miscarriage because of the toxicities of her cells. So you're absolutely right. So how do we do that? I mean, a person like we're talking about, you have to take the first step and recognize that your health is important. It's important to you, of course, but it's important to all of us that, that healthy people and healthy individuals in a society create a healthy society. And, you know, I mean, that's why we're seeing a lot of the problems that we're seeing today because we have people that are not taking care of their health and they're not, they don't even know how to take care of their health because they're not getting correct information. And so they're going about things in a way that will actually um, uh, alter their health and or change their lifespan as a result of the things that they're doing. So what we want to do is get correct information and find out how to preserve that correct information in a way where, okay, now I know I don't have to go to someone else and find out what that is because I know because I've lived it. And we can all do that. We can all, it's meant to be that way. <laughs> and and it, we never stop learning. We never stop uh, uh, realizing 
the greatness of this creation and and then we share it because by sharing it it even becomes more important because it's valuable that that value increases as we share correct information that's right. And people today, unfortunately, they're living on Franken food. I mean, the box can jarred cooked foods are killing off the live enzymes, but people live on, on Franken food. They, they, that, and they wonder why they're sick between the vaccinations, poison in their blood, but also the, the toxicities from the foods. Um, that's why it's not even an option in today's world. Not even an option. Well, and you know, it is addictive, some of that food. I mean, we know um, decades ago, they did research on, on a lot of that stuff. And, it, you know, we were, I mean, I remember as a young mother um, finding out about artificial flavors and how addictive that they were, etc. And the, the people making those flavors um, are creating things put in the food so that we, we, as human beings, will become addicted to those things. So as a result, um, that's not a good intention to do that. We should mm-hmm. be aware of that then, and then um, understand that we, if, if, if we realize these things, that we have alternatives. We do not, I mean, seriously, it's a lot easier to eat whole foods than it is to buy junk food. It really That's right. Is. And your cells get used to what you give them. And I teach this with our 21 day cleanse. If you're if your cells are acidic, then your cells, they 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 push away nutrition. If you have a five pH, you know what I mean? When you try to come in with a 12 you know, pH juice, it, it you know, they your cells reject it. So if you feed your cells poison, that's what your, your cells are going to be get used to. Whereas if you feed yourself the nutrition like you guys are teaching, you know, I, I, I look forward to doing an organic, you know, uh, God given leaves of the trees, organic vegetable juice, you know, um, my cells welcome it. It's the, it's it's the real multivitamin from our creator. So, because it goes straight to the blood, the pulp kind of, you know, the, the, the juicer takes the. Hello. Hello. Smoothies um, during the 21 days. But um, it's just so important. And I'm just so excited that uh, we're giving this information to everyone. And um, I, I, I want to let people know if you, I, I want to, and if I have to cut a little bit earlier today, cause I want to announce what, what, that you guys are going to be on our podcast on Sunday for people to participate and ask questions and give comments to you. So uh, we'll Good. close in about three minutes. Good. So yeah, how much more time do we have, Renee? Just quick. Um, about three more minutes. I'll start giving mm-hmm. the closing and and add the instructions on how to participate this coming Sunday at three p.m. on our podcast. Okay. Well, Stephen and I would just like to thank everybody for listening in and to really sit with the idea that this is easy. This is not difficult, and or or um, more than just getting started. Like I said earlier. So let's get started. If anybody would like to call in with questions, uh, when Renee says that we'd be glad to get you started and or just to discuss anything that we brought up today. Thank you so much for listening and I'll put Steve on now. Well, I yes, just give your website you. too. Uh, the website is uh, creativelandscapeservices.com, uh, all spelled out, Creative Landscape services with an s.com. Yeah. Renee, I just wanted to thank you and all the people that are making this possible. We love correct information on a lot of different levels about a lot of different subject matter. And we're very excited that uh, you appreciate us and we appreciate you. Mm, I, I so I so appreciate you guys and I'm really serious I know I've been talking about coming to see you for about six months now and it just hasn't happened <laughs> I think well, Phyllis okay. said, I'm not going to believe it until I see you here <laughs> we, might have to pack up some, we might have to pack up some greens and come and see you <laughs> <laughs> no I am going to make it up to you I promise more so than ever right now because all these seeds I, I hope I'm not destroying them um, and I have so many of them you know I, my drawer is completely filling up here um so i want to utilize them and i know you guys are the ones that i want to teach me (laughs) okay well thank you so much 
Absolutely. And we'll have you on, like I said, Phyllis, especially about the home birthing, because that's a big, um, a big heart of mine as well as teaching people their body's ability to have babies. So we'll definitely, when you're available, have you on again to discuss that in more detail. We'd love to. We'd love to. I have so many wonderful stories. Wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful stories. Uh, I mean, we all really need to sh- to share our personal stories with each other. And I've been supporting um, young birthing women for decades, and it's just amazing to see the to see their their courageousness going forward with knowing uh, and, and following God's way of birthing. That's right. We're the only country, I was told by a, uh, a friend, uh, one of my clients when I was a personal trainer. Um, she was she did her runway modeling in France, and she had all of her babies at home. And we're the only country that thinks pregnancy and delivery is emergency medicine. I mean, you yeah. know, years ago, that women just used to squat in fields, and then the baby came out. <laughs> yeah. And we have to go back to basics here, and that's what we're going to encourage people on our next show for sure. Good. Good. Yeah. Because even hydration, I found out in the Bradley Method book that she had recommended I get eight and a half months into my pregnancy because my one of my clients was a OBGYN, so I planned on Odie delivering me back when my daughter Faith, who's now 22, uh, was having her. And I, the only reason I was going to have a hospital birth is because my client uh, Odie was going to deliver me. And then she informs me that her husband bought her a vacation about the time the due date was. And I'm like, I'm not going to have a hospital birth without you, Odie. And that's when Corinne told me, have it at home (laughs) and it was the easiest birth I had it was amazing so I'm very excited about our next show (laughs) oh yes yes of course and I mean all we have to do is go back 100 years and every one of our grannies was birthing at home exactly exactly thousands of years I mean really that's well, right. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys for taking the time to be on with us today. And like I said, we're going to have you back on real soon. So we'll connect and find out what's best, you know, the best schedule for you. Thank you. Thank you. Our pleasure. I look forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. Now we're going to have a podcast is something that we've started recently that we're just really promoting. So we want you to participate with Stephen and Phyllis um, this coming Sunday. Uh, so uh, all you have to do, the name of our podcast is uh, Grown Folks Talking Express Yourself. Mr. Forrest Nance, who is a listener of today's show, we appreciate him so much as well. And he promotes exactly what we promote. Um, he lives, he doesn't talk it, he walks it. I just adore him. He started this podcast. So all you have to do is co- uh, give a, you know, give a call, uh, just call in. Uh, the number is 520-525-863. Again, 520-525-8633, and you'll be able to have a live show with Stephen and Phyllis, and they're the experts, and you can ask any questions, Um, and I'm just real excited about that this coming Sunday at 3 p.m. We can go up until about 5. They have another guest at 5 o'clock, another show at 5 o'clock, so I usually do it for an hour and a half, but we can go up to two hours if we need to, so please come audience, wherever you are, please try to get on this coming Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern um, by calling that number 520-525-8633. We are, again, Vaccine Information Coalition. Our shows can be accessed later if you aren't listening live. We uh, get it uploaded to whatinthecell.podbean.com or you can just go to the front page of our vacinfo.org website right underneath the belly of the little boy the the little boy that's flexing his muscles it's right underneath him now we're on every monday at 2 p.m eastern our contact number is 954-347-9671 we thank progressive radio network for allowing us to give you this uncompromised truth and yeah bless